Hey, welcome to Sunday Messages. We pray this message inspires and encourages you to go deeper in an overflowing relationship with Jesus. This morning, by way of bringing the word of God, I just want to talk about the idea of embracing sonship. When we come to God, we become a lot of things, ambassadors, people that are sent with the message of reconciliation and so forth and so on. But primarily, we, 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 we are sons of God. And I want us to, to, to just share that a little bit this morning so that as the body of Christ, we, we can embrace this thing of being sons of God and be able to, 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 to make an impact. In Luke 15, 21, the son said, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The son said, I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. So he's a son, sinned against God or the father. So he says, I'm no longer worthy to be a son. But the father's response is, in Luke 15, 22, Say to him, or to the servants, quick, bring the best rope, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. And uh, what's going on here? Just maybe to understand that Luke chapter 15, Jesus is uh, sitting to to teach. Uh, Some funny people, tax collectors, come to him. And in verse 2, the Bible says the Pharisees were just disturbed with the kind of people that Jesus was hanging with. And because of that, Jesus went to teach a few parables, three of them. The first one is the lost sheep. One out of a hundred. One percent. Still, there's an effort to go and recover the one percent. The other one is the lost coin. One out of ten. Ten percent. There's an effort to go and recover the ten percent. And then he talks about one out of two, 50%. And there is an effort to recover the 50%. Now, I wanted to notice something. The ship, the owner went after. The coin, the owner went after. The son came back. But the father was waiting. Are we together? So when you look at the different lostness, if there's a word like that, that's being articulated in there, there's something that is very, very important. So the, the, the son goes away, and when he goes away, he, he, he begins to live in a funny way. He, he just uh, a funny way that was not approved by their culture, by their family. And it's so bad that uh, this boy who has asked for resources from his father and gone away, he ran out of resources. Why? Because... He took resources and he disconnected from the source. Many times in this life, we think when you've got enough resources and you disconnect from the source, you survive. But you could not survive disconnected from the source because resources will always run dry when you're not connected to the source. So, So he came to a place where he said, I must go back to the source, to my father, and, and, and make sure that I'm reconnected. Now, I want you to consider important things here. First of all, 
he intends to, to present a request. And the son's request is, I don't want to be a son anymore on account of what I have done. Better make me a servant. And the father says, no ways. I, 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 you, you, you cannot come back as a servant. Why? Because this young man, it becomes so desperate. He feels he's no longer worthy to be called a son. He wanted the mantle of sonship taken away from him. Now watch this. A servant in, the, in his father's house, he had a better life than a son away from the father's house. Are we together? Because the father is providing the covering, the love, the security, the dignity. So even a servant who was in the father's house lived a better life. He is out there trying to take care of pigs and trying to eat their food. And the Bible says nobody was giving him. By the way, this is the, the chapter that was preached uh, the night I was saved. This, this is the same message. A missionary from Canada came to Zimbabwe, preached from Luke 15, and I just could see myself in this boy's life. And I said, I better give my life to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to notice the father. The father in verse 22 says, bring the best rope and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. What's going on here, church? I just want us to see something because I want to emphasize the issue of sonship. The father is restoring this boy to his position as a son. On account of what he has done, he doesn't feel good enough to be a child in the house. But we all know that as parents, it doesn't matter what happens with our children. They may go away. When they come back, they are still our children. Isaiah 53, we all like sheep had gone astray. But when we come to God, he did not give us a lesser position. In Christ, we are sons of God. So the picture that we see in this father's uh, uh, intention is very clear. The father is waiting for the son to come back. Many people look at the father as representing Jesus. The father does not represent Jesus Christ. The father represents father, our heavenly father. And the lamp that was slaughtered to celebrate represents Jesus Christ. Because your restoration was made possible because the father sent his son, the lamp of God, to the cross. So we got to come to that place where we, we embrace our position as children of God. Colossians chapter 3, 2 says, Set your mind on things above where you are seated with Christ Jesus. Why is sonship so important in this context and even in our context. Why is it important? Any other position would, would, would remind this boy that he had made a mistake. Imagine he's coming back home and he's, he's put there as a servant and he's having to, to work with servants. Each time you'd work up as a servant, you'd be reminded that he once took resources from his father and went and squandered them. 
But the father sought to put him in a position that will not remind him of his mistakes, but that will remind him of his birthright. Don't you realize that you and I, when we come to God, we are put in a position that does not remind us of our past, but reminds us of our present. For when a person is in Christ, they're a new creature, all things have passed away. Everything has become new. Hallelujah. So watch this. The father realizes, I will never make a mistake because being a servant would keep this boy away from his privileges. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting that in our world today, there are people who come to God, and like the son who is returning to God, they propose to God what position they must take before God. We are not here to prescribe to God what position we must take before him. We are just here to come to him just as we are, and it's up to him, and I know what is up to him is to make all of us sons of God. Hallelujah. We, we, we don't come to God with a, a predisposition to tell him what to make us. We don't come to God with a predisposition to decide for him who we are to become. Because he already knows that we are to be children of God. For we are God's workmanship created in Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world, to walk in good works that were ordained before we were born. Hallelujah. Are we together? So it's very important for us to understand that when God was saving you, like one man says, he was not salvaging wreckages, but he was restoring a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece before God. You are something, you are someone special before God. Never look at yourself any lesser than who you are as a child of God. Let's embrace sonship. Let's, let's, let's enjoy who we are in God. And let's take that in because that is very, very important. You've got to understand that in this culture, when, you, you, when we talk of sonship, we are talking of intimacy with the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we all good? We are talking of intimacy with the Father. So as our salvation brought us into sonship, our salvation brought us into intimacy. Guess what? Because of salvation, we thank God for Pastor Adam. But because of salvation, you can approach God without him. Hallelujah. Because of salvation, the priesthood was changed for you and me to be sons, but also to be a royal priesthood. So all of us who have been saved by God, we have received the message of salvation. We need to understand that there is no other position that we have before God except the position of sonship. Hallelujah. May God help you and I to understand what Galatians says in 3.26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. You are all children of God through faith. And when you look at Galatians and Ephesians, it was talking to Jews and Gentiles, people of originally different nationalities, people originally of different languages, people originally of different skin color. But he says the overarching 
principle is that you are all children of God. Today we may sit from different family, traditional backgrounds. Maybe in squandering resources from the father, some went overboard. Some just sinned a little bit. It does not matter. Before God, we are all restored into sonship. And we are all children of God. So we must walk as such. Hallelujah. For in, in, in John 1, 12, we are told, for as many as received him, he gave them the power to be children of God. So as a child, you must enjoy your relationship with God as a child of God. Hallelujah. You must enjoy all the identities that spring from your relationship with God. But the overarching identity is the identity of you as a child of God. We are children of God. Amen. You are not hearing me. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. New things that you have. You have new rights and responsibilities. You have the right of access. And you have the responsibility to serve. So that's why you find that uh, we, we have got many people that are serving in the house of God in different ways. I saw them when we met before the service there. And that's what it is all about. You've got the right of access to the Father with or without uh, uh, you know, any mediation for there's only one God and one mediator between God and man, the, the man Jesus Christ himself. So as a son, you've got your rights and your responsibilities. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's a sense of ownership as a son. You, you know, in our culture, a son is a very important person. Because when you leave a son in charge at home, you know things will be better than when you leave a servant in charge. So yes, we come to God with seven hearts but we are sons of God. Number two, we have new privileges and promises. Hallelujah. Have new privileges and promises as sons of God. Something that this boy was not expecting to receive, he received. Look at what happened. The moment he comes in, the father says, let's slaughter some animal here. Let's have some good food. Let's have some steak. Let's have a party. This Boy here was dead. Now he's alive. How come the father says he was dead? In that culture, whenever you took your inheritance, they would actually perform a funeral service for you. Because the moment you say to my father, give me to your father, my father, give me my portion so that I go away, that's it. But with the advent of Jesus Christ, a new way of approaching life was coming. That they that have gone away, walked away from the Father, can come back with new privileges and new promises. Hallelujah. So there was, there was such, you know, joy in this family because the son who could not even eat the food that was being given to pigs had come home. And I like the father. He was just looking at this dirty stuff that pigs eat. And a day later, 
There's lots of stakes for you. <laughs> and that's what it is for all those who come to Jesus Christ. From looking uh, down upon ourselves, from desiring and craving for things that don't bring any me me meaning to a time of being celebrated. Number three, he was brought to new family and friends. Look at your friends. I have nothing to do with you. You have nothing to do with me apart from the Father in heaven. Yeah, Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Your blood and your DNA, my blood and my DNA, different. But the blood that brings us together, the blood of Jesus Christ is the same. So I have new family, I have new friends. Whether you like it or not, I am your brother in the Lord. And I'm coming home for lunch. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Those kids that we are talking about, that's, you, you, the, why would you, you people from Canada send money to Zimbabwe except you believe in us as your brothers and your, as your family in the Lord? So being sons of God brings us into family, brings us into relationship. Amen. Hallelujah. May God help us to understand that all that did receive him, all that believe in his name, he gave them the right to be children of God. And because of that, you and I can walk together being led by the Spirit of God for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Hallelujah. We are sons of God. And I want you to check this, check this one out. Ephesians 2, 2. I like the past tense verses that you find in the writings of Paul. He says, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. He talks of these things in past tense. Why? Because of Jesus Christ, those things are behind us. So as we relate with one another, let's leave the things that are behind us. Let us leave them behind. Sometimes we have a tendency of trying to, to say, oh, so who are you? So what did you do before you come to Christ? And, and with this thinking in the church, sometimes that the, the greater your sin, the more saved you are. Salvation is salvation. Hallelujah. We are all children of God. By grace are you saved. It's not of your own. It's not of works, lest men should boast. But it's of Jesus Christ. And in Colossians 3, 7, it says, you used to walk in these ways. We used to walk in these ways before we were children of God. But we no longer walk in those ways because we are now children of God. And the Spirit of God is bearing witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. I am nothing less than being a child of God. Praise the Lord. So my primary identity when I interact with you, I'm a child of God. Yes, you can say, oh, so brother, where do you come from? But watch how, you, watch how you ask brother. You start with the relationship. Where do you come from? Because where I, came from, where I come from is not more important than the fact that I'm a brother. Hallelujah. So what do we do? We come together, and when we come together as sons of God, we forget the past. Colossians 5.16, we no longer consider anyone according to the worldly point of view anymore. Though we used to do that even for Jesus Christ because we are new creations in Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. So, why is it important for us to embrace sonship? It's important for us to embrace sonship. Number one, it will improve our relationships. Ah, you did not hear me. When we embrace sonship, church relationships improve. Because we begin to realize we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. I know there's people going to semantics with the word son and the issues of, of uh, what does it mean to be son? Can women be called sons of God? Well, I believe in the Bible. And the Bible says all who received him. And according to, to, to my understanding of English, which is limited, all means all. <laughs> he gave them the power to be sons of God. And he says, for all who received him were are called children of God. So let's not be divided by semantics. We are all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So it improves our relationships. Why is it important for us to embrace sonship? Number two, it improves our service. The son, you, you know, when the, if this boy just imagine him coming back and working as a servant. The brother was already not happy with him. If you read that uh, Luke 15, you'll find something very interesting. The, the Bible says he spent his money or his resources, whatever he got from the father, on righteous living. But when the brother interprets, he says, this, your son, who spent all your money on prostitutes. It's the brother who stayed at home who is implying that he spent the money on prostitutes. But above there, it's, it doesn't say that. So for the relationship to improve between those two brothers, the one has to come back as a son. Because the elder brother who had stayed at home already has an attitude. Like an attitude that we sometimes have in church towards people who are not yet in church. God help us. We repent. Amen. And because of an improved relationship, there's an improved service. Hallelujah. Towards one another. When we serve God, it's not about just looking to God. As we serve one another, as we teach children, as we ask people, as we show them where to sit, what are we doing? We are serving God. Our embracing of sonships help us to understand our service. Hallelujah. Number three, why is it important to embrace sonship? Because of submission. The Bible says, submit to one another. If this young, the prodigal son had come back and had taken the, the, the place of uh, being uh, a servant, the elder brother was going to mess him up. Go there, go there, go there, go there. But because he's restored as a son, their relationship is good. Their service for one another is good. But the issue of submission is submit to one another. Hallelujah. And the father made sure that the senior brother who never went away is reminded that you, you need your brother. Ephesians 2.19, Church of God. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens. God's people, members of one household. You went away, you came back, I went away, I came back, we are no longer foreigners, we are no longer strangers. What is Ephesians showing us? 
fellow citizens, members of one, one household. So our new identity in Christ makes sure there is no loner in the house of God. Hallelujah. Because you are a son, because, because you are a child of God, there is no need to be a loner. Amen. When you feel lonely, go look for your brothers and sisters. And let's connect. Back home, we've been doing a series on togetherness. And we have realized that there are people who are lonely in crowds in this day and age. Have you noticed what we do with our phones and social media? When you are with somebody, you think of somebody who is not there and you text them. When you meet them, you think of somebody else that so you are never in the moment of relationship. Because you're always WhatsApping that one who is not there. But when we embrace sonship and things are happening in our lives, you know that this is my brother, Spencer is my brother, Pastor Adam is my brother, I can go there, we can love one another, we can do life together, not just church life, but social life. We can. Why? Because God has made us family. Embracing sonship it's good for us to be able to live together. And Father, we thank you for the gift of Christ on the cross to die for our sins so that we can be sons of God, children of God, accepted and loved regardless of where we've been, what we've done. You say to us, come and enjoy your original position before rebellion, a position of being a child of God. And we thank you and we embrace that position and we thank you for that restoration, God. Continue to guide us and lead us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I hope that message was an encouragement to you today. I want to challenge you to stay tuned and take a listen to Sunday Encore, where we have a more candid conversation about the practical application of Sunday's message.